Welcome to Healthcare Experience Matters. This podcast is brought to you by the Healthcare Experience Foundation. And with today's episode, we're teaming with PRC. This podcast is dedicated to transforming the healthcare experience so that every person can receive and deliver the best care. Kathleen Lynham is back on our show today. Kathleen, for people who may have never seen or heard a podcast with you before, and we will be sure to link to some of those favorites in our description today, please just remind the listeners who you are and what you do. Well, thank you, Casey. What a lovely welcome. I am a uh, an executive coach with Healthcare Experience Foundation. I, you know, I am I was riding my bike this morning counting how many years am I a nurse? 45 years a nurse. Uh, and I've had a lovely, very, very extensive background, probably in all, all aspects of healthcare, from home care to hospital care to ambulatory setting to dialysis. And um, in hospital, the last 10 years, I served as a vice president of nursing, chief, pay, you know, the, the nursing care, and retired from that and have worked, been working as an executive coach, um, helping from frontline staff to executive team, to last few years, doing a lot of physician coaching and physician leadership development. So leadership development, patient care, all of that's my passion. So I'm very happy to be back here today about a really important topic, especially in our world today. So thanks for inviting me. Empathetic distress. Wow. So first of all, before we dive into empathetic distress, let's break down some of the root words here. Tell us about empathy. Uh, empathy. Empathy, um, one of the things I'm very passionate about. So empathy, I think to simply break it down, it's a two-part skill. The first part is about recognizing and being aware of someone else's perspective. You've heard the, the cliche, walk a mile in my shoes. It's about putting yourself in someone else's situation and seeing things through their eyes. So it can be about their perspective or their emotion. And the second part that I think is often missed, especially I've observed this in all the coaching that I've done with physicians and nurses with their patients, they understand what they're going through. But the second part of empathy is acknowledging, hmm, wow, you look worried, you look concerned, that must be frightening. So it's acknowledging with concern, oh, this is something you're experiencing. And that's really important for the patient healthcare uh, relationship, but we also know in the workforce today, an empathic leader, someone that relates with their staff and says, "How are you doing? How are, how are you feeling? You look a little troubled today, or you know, is everything off?" Recognizing and demonstrating empathy in a consistent manner is really important for the workforce. People who work in an empathic environment with a team, they're more productive, they have better outcomes, just like our patients. So, empathy is not just if you will, solely related to um, a patient and a healthcare worker's relationship, it's much broader than that. It's helping our own family with our kids and our spouses also. I'm curious, is empathy and compassion the same thing? Hmm. You know, we get we get advised all the time in our coaching world, I, I am empathic or I, I am compassionate and I know what people are going through. And so uh, you know, I'm I'm a Jersey girl, so we yak, we talk a lot. But the short answer to that question are empathy and compassion the same thing is no. Um, a better answer is um, an empathic person is someone who has a high level of perception. The more empathic you are, the better you can demonstrate compassion. 
So empathy is about the continuum of emotions or perspectives. But compassion, on the other hand, is solely linked to suffering. So it's recognizing that someone is suffering and that feeling of concern and the other part of compassion is not only, wow, these people are suffering. I want to help. I want to do something for them. I want to demonstrate and respond to their suffering. So uh, um, empathy, the continuum of emotions and perspectives, compassion, which again is needed in our healthcare world for our patients, for their families, and for all of us who are working today, compassion is really, really important to acknowledge and recognize people are suffering. Because, you know, obviously I care about this, suffering is not just physically that somebody is, is, you know, is dying, going through hospice, but uh, I can't help but think about um, certainly the people in Ukraine that we've all been watching the terrible videos and the things that's going on in war, the suffering just recently in down in Florida. You know, I go to Florida every year for three months and in Naples, Marco Island, Sanibel, areas I'm really familiar with watching the terrible flooding and knowing and anticipating the suffering many people are going to experience there uh, is something that we're exposed to every day, whether on Facebook and the news, uh, just reading the newspapers. So it's really important for us to be sort of cognizant of the difference and the need for it in our workplace. And we're talking healthcare experience matters. That's the name of the game here. So why is empathy so critical for healthcare Right. So again, so think about, I, you know, we're working with one of the hospitals down in Fort Myers and we're, and we're teaching patient experience there. So recognizing now that so many of those people um, and people around the country have stress and, and uh, are experiencing different, different levels of stress in their home, whether they were flooded out, they've lost a job, uh, someone, someone's changing their role, they have no house to go back to. Add to that the burden of now my health is compromised. Um, And so you have layers and layers of stress and and concerns and suffering. It's so critical um, for all of us in healthcare. In fact, when I used to interview uh, graduate nurses who were coming to work in my hospital, the number one attribute I looked for, are they empathic? Do they care and demonstrate that? Because think about that. Um, whether you're a new parent with a new baby and now you have a stress or something else, we've got lots of things going on in our personal life. Then you come in with a medical concern and we don't know anything about you know, what our medical condition is. We've got layers and layers. So having staff, having a physician, having an emergency room nurse, having the, the uh, housekeeper demonstrate empathy through concern and patience and kindness just helps diminish the level of stress that someone else is feeling. And we know from research I presented, I think 10 years ago, 12, maybe longer, anyone and 96% of the patients and people experience healthcare, whether in an ambulatory setting, in an emergency room, in a hospital, they experience fear. And that may not even be related to the fear of their health or dying or paying the bills. And so we have to, those of us who work in this field, recognize that that fear, that anxiety, and demonstrate we're, we're going to take care of you. You're in good hands. I'm sorry you're going through this. And being empathic and say, I understand this is stressful. We can help you. It's critical. It's more critical than your technical skills to demonstrate we're caring and concerned being. 
So what is empathetic distress and what are some signs and symptoms of empathetic distress we should be on the lookout for? Yeah. So I'm going to give you a little history before that, where this came from, um, the original researcher and I, you know, I, you know, I'm surrounded by social workers and stuff. So when I get into all my research and discuss uh, empathic distress, they say, oh, no, you need to remember that it came from that work became from this thing called vicarious trauma. And so think back to the Columbine shootings, to Sandy Hook shootings, to all of the violence that's been experienced in our world in the last 20 years that we're so more aware of. Those people that were caring and counseling in the health world, counseling the people going through some violence, you know, rape crisis, all of that stuff, experienced this. They began to live, to live vicariously, to live through their trauma and almost experience oh my God, the fear, the anxiety, the stress that people who have been traumatized have. Well, empathic distress is similar, not as severe, if you will, but it's that feeling that we get when we lose ourselves um, and are overwhelmed and distressed by the pain and suffering of others. Um, And so what happens is those of us in the healthcare world, sometimes we begin to merge our identities with those going through. And I, you know, I experienced that looking at the flooding that people were experienced down in Marco Island in Naples, an area I'm familiar with. I've lived through that through Sandy. We had our whole house flooded. We had to move out for over a year. So I began to think, oh my gosh, these people, they don't know what they got to go through. They all the FEMA, all this stuff. You begin to be overwhelmed and kind of lose yourself in the suffering and the challenge of others. So it's very easy to become overwhelmed and empathic distress is just that where we become overwhelmed with sort of be empathic and worrying and feeling the concerns of others. Um, and it and it leads to, it, it can be very unhealthy. Let me just lead right there to where it becomes very unhealth, unhealthy for those of us who, who do this for a living. Yeah, and let's talk about that. So how does empathetic distress actually end up leading to withdrawal, low morale, and even burnout? Right. So again, it, it's characterized by... Um, emotional discomfort, we're upset, we're worried. Um, And what happens is then it leads to this self-related symptoms of distress ourselves, poor health. Uh, We don't begin to take care of ourselves. We kind of become consumed with, oh man, I got to go back and take care of that patient. I wonder how their family is or the family here. And we begin to differentiate and we become either guilty that we're survivors. I've been through that. So man, I feel bad. I've been through that. Or we begin to be hurt ourselves. And so what happens is the natural inclination is to sort of withdraw, um, to sort of withdraw from, from being that involved and that interested. So leaders, healthcare leaders have to be clued in to look at, at our behaviors. Those of us who work in it are physicians and nurses and stuff. Uh, if we see people tending to withdraw, detach, not, not acting like we care about what's going on, that's classic signs. When, when we get to that other behavior that becomes behavior like emotional outbursts, very angry, start blaming everyone, that's along the continuum, almost along uh, compassion fatigue. That's sort of another level of this distress. Where now, the, the interesting thing about empathic distress People experiencing that, we always care. When you get to that level of uh, the continuum with this compassionate fatigue, I don't care anymore. 
I really can't care about it. And so we never want our staff or ourselves to get to that level of distress and worry and and let it affect ourselves because we know when we leave our work, right? What happens? We come home to our family. We come home to a crying newborn baby. We come home to our elderly parents that need more attention or our children who are in fourth grade going through algebra and we're like, whoa. And so we have to recognize it and, and treat it and be, be mindful to for those we work with. So let's talk some solutions or what can be done. So how, how can we go about cataracting? Um, and so I, I thought back on a couple of the uh, podcasts I've done with you about mindfulness and um, self-awareness, and that's where it begins with um, all aspects of healthy living. And so it everything um, begins with uh, self-awareness and knowing who or what pushes our buttons. And so I thought about, okay, I'm, I'm, I teach this. I'm very aware of this. I recognize yesterday's living through hourly um, texting from all my friends and family that live in Marco Island and Naples and what's going on. I was getting immersed in that. And so in order to be authentically compassionate, empathic, and supportive of them, it begins with self-care. So we have to take care of ourselves. And sadly, Casey, um, in fact, our conference coming up at the end of this month on compassionate leadership, uh, those of us in healthcare who lead workforces, we're we're poor at demonstrating self-compassion and taking care of ourselves. And so in order to do that, we've got to be, we've got to be practicing self-care things. So today I went out and rode my bike for 10, for 10 miles. And while I'm riding my bikes, I'm reflecting on what was going on, realizing, okay, Kath, you're going to overboard a little bit here. And so deep breathing, um, recognizing mindfulness practices. Um, helps refresh, refresh me um, and make me able to continue to for, uh, be, go forward and be empathic and helpful to those that I care about. But another wonderful mantra in all of the research is about recognizing that in my head thinking, okay, I'm not here for you. I'm here with you. A big difference. Um, lots of time we get so vicariously involved. I want to be right there in the midst of it uh, to be effective, empathic, and compassionate, we have to walk side by side with people, but we do not have to immerse our identity with theirs, those. And so that just practicing that mantra is important for all of us to say, whether it's our staff experiencing stuff or our patients to say, okay, I'm here with you. I'm not here for you. I'm here with you. And that we can still demonstrate. So as they tell you on the airplanes, which another thing after traveling all these years, I'm very mindful of, in any times of distress, put your oxygen mask on yourself first before you can help others. So those of us in the helping health care world need to practice good self-care, exercise, good diet, you know, yoga, meditation, healthy living, um, prayer, whatever works for you. We need to do that and make sure we complete and, and keep that in our, our daily activities. And would you say that empaths, which I understand to be highly sensitive individuals or people that are highly empathetic, um, are they more susceptible to suffering this empathetic distress? So I can answer shortly in that one. Yes, absolutely. We are. We're we're um, we're prone to it, uh, and it's led to a lot of the burnout. 
and a lot of the um, people withdrawing from the healthcare world today. If you look at the trends and the research about why people are leaving, I can't take it anymore. I I've burned out. That means I've given more. I have nothing to give. And I guarantee you, those of us in who are healthcare, who are high empathic, highly empathic people and put ourselves in situations and understand that we are very at risk. And so as educated as most of us are, we have many of us been brought up as take care of others first. And the truth of the matter is we've got to take care of ourselves first and practice self-care, self-compassion, healthy living, and balance, work-life balance. And that was a challenge during pandemics for so many people. So now part of our job today, part of our work today is to tell people, take care of yourself. You have to take care of yourself in whatever way works for you, whether it's socializing on Sunday afternoon, whether it's going for a walk in the park, a hike in the mountains, a swim in the beach, uh, a biking with your loved one, take care of yourself. It's very important. Well said. Kathleen Lynham has been our guest today executive coach and senior advisor here with the Healthcare Experience Foundation. Another great episode, and we're so excited to get it out to our listeners. I'll just ask Kathleen, any other final thoughts you want to add to the conversation? Uh, You know, I, I was reflecting on this question and thinking, okay, what would I say? I don't want to have given two messages, and I think I might have given two messages. I need healthcare workers to be empathic, to be compassionate. Our patients and their families need that. And at the same time, I'm saying, but draw the line, hold, you know, hold back a little bit and recognize that in order to be an empathic leader, uh, an empathic person, um, again, we need a healthy body, mind and heart and soul. And so we realize in the search, research and literature supports that cultivating empathic leadership is a really important strategy to respond to the crisis that we're experiencing in the healthcare world today. And authenticity, compa- authentic compassion and caring is really what our staff and our patients crave. And if we do that and are able to do that, we will have better outcomes all around. So uh, I hope that this is helpful and, and people are able to reflect on their own practice and begin with self-awareness. How good am I? How good am I at taking care of myself? I may be good at taking care of others, but I've got to begin with taking care of myself so that I can be alert and make sure others don't experience this empathic distress. Kathleen Lynham, thank you again for this awesome, awesome episode. And thanks again for your time. Thank you, Casey. It's been my pleasure and you stay well. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Healthcare Experience Matters. Healthcare Experience Matters is brought to you by the Healthcare Experience Foundation. To learn more, please visit healthcareexperience.org. That's healthcareexperience.org.